Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because party of redemption, your table is now ready. Sometimes my life just don't make sense at all. The mountains look so big and my faith just seems so small. So hold me, Jesus, I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? Rich Mullins, hold me, Jesus. A great song, a great prayer, a prayer for the hour. We've been in a pandemic situation since March. Our nation is in upheaval, but when all of this began, we were all going about our lives. We were all facing our own personal joys and personal sorrows. And for some, 2020 has been the scathing season. It's enough to harden the heart forever if the heart holds out. Just take the time to listen, take the time to ask the question of a stranger to let them tell you how these past few months have impacted their lives and you will quickly understand and grasp we are all in this together. Last Monday was a Monday of extremes for me. I finally had the opportunity to meet my brand new granddaughter Maisie for the very first time. She was already three months old. But because of the pandemic, there was no travel at that time. You couldn't visit in the hospital at, at that time. And so it's been a little over three months before I could finally get out to visit her. And it was a wonderful day and a wonderful visit. That was the joy of the day. But then the sorrow of Monday came when I received a phone call from my sister-in-law informing me that my, my sister, Marilyn, had died. She had drawn her last earthly breath and immediately she drew her first forever eternal heavenly breath. And I grieved. For the last year, Marilyn has been in a battle with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. She was diagnosed with this disease about a year ago. And so Monday, there was the, the joy, the heights of joy of, of celebrating new life, and then the depths of sorrow in learning of my sisters into the battle with ALS, her home going. I know exactly where she is. The Bible is very plain. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and, and that is where she is now. And she is alive now. It's just 
her earthly chapter has come to her end, to an end. Uh, her heavenly chapter has begun. Last Monday, at the end of that day of, of extremes, my head hit the pillow, and I thought of an incident that Marilyn and I shared in the country of Haiti about five years ago that just brought a smile to my face. And immediately I thought of these two words, off script. I thought of a moment in Marilyn's life when she went off, off script and she taught me a lot about the importance of going off script. She also taught me a lot about who she was and who she had always been. There's two ways to look at off script. When life surprises us and hands us circumstances we did not see coming, it takes us off script. It was not in our plans. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 16:9 says, We may make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And things enter into our journeys, to our lives. We did not see these things coming. Sometimes these are great surprises. Other times they are great disappointments. Like receiving a diagnosis of ALS. Did not see that coming. And Marilyn had that, that kind of off script moment a little over a year ago. And within this, within this past year, I just saw just a small portion of that one year journey. I visited Marilyn last November in the Washington, D.C. area as she was there in the rehab hospital. And in the three days that I was there, I was amazed at her beautiful grace, her courage, as she was facing a disease that had already left her bedridden, had already left her in a state of not being able to talk. I could read her lips for a lot of things that she was able to say, but the only movement that her body had at that time was she could still move her left hand. She was left-handed, so that was great, and you were able to take a pad and hold it and hold her hand, and she would write out what could not be read from her lips. And I just, I just watched her in those three days, and the thing that really got me was how I saw her over and over again put others above herself. She was the one dealing with this disease. She was the one suffering, and yet she placed others ahead of herself. And I, Like I say, I just saw just a small portion of that. Her husband, Dennis, was faithfully there day in, day out. He saw it all. Her, her son, Garrett, was there many times, and, and they could tell you even more than, than I of her courage, her selflessness, and just her, her, her grace displayed. Now, a little background about Marilyn. Marilyn, her career has been in the medical profession. Marilyn is a nurse, and she'd always worked as a nurse, as a pharmaceutical rep, just working, continually serving others. That, had, that was her heart, and so, you can't put a heart like that on hold 
when they become the patient needing a nurse, needing care. And, and again, she just continually displayed this unbelievable unselfishness, placing others above herself. It was wow. It was beautiful to see, even though her circumstances were painful to watch. But about that moment where I, I thought about Marilyn going off script, it occurred in 2015 in the country of Haiti. I'd gone to Haiti the year before, and Marilyn found out I had gone to Haiti, and she said, the next time you go to Haiti, I want to go. Marilyn had gone on many mission trips throughout her life. She, would, she had gone in a medical capacity to serve, to touch the lives of children and, and to help those who were suffering from various diseases, to bring hope, to, to bring much needed medicines to different parts of the world. But she'd never been to Haiti at that time. And I, there's certain highlights I recall about the trip. I remember the night that Marilyn and I shared leadership in the worship of a little Haitian church up on the hillside. I preached that night. Marilyn shared her testimony. And I, I remember her, her testimony just in very simple language of, of her, part of her journey and how God had, had been with her and walked with her through, through challenging moments in her life. And Then I stood up to preach, and I remember there was a lightning storm and a rainstorm, and before that service was over, right at the end, that little outdoor mountainside church we had water running through where we met to worship but people didn't seem to mind they they lingered i remember that night i also remember i had an off script moment just getting to haiti that year i was flying out of birmingham alabama i was flying to miami and there i was to link up with the rest of the mission team and fly from miami to to port-au-prince and then from port-au-prince on to the town of port au pay which is where we did our work and I arrived at the Birmingham airport early that morning. I was in plenty of time. I showed up at the counter there. The American airline computer had a glitch in their system and their glitch caused me to miss my flight. Even though I was there in plenty of time, even though I had a ticket, a glitch in a computer system delayed me by 24 hours. And I was like, are you kidding me? Wow, a little bit disappointing pointed in that delay. I was there a day later and little, little, I just did not realize what was going on down in Haiti. It was actually an off script moment that God was setting up for another reason. And here it is. When that medical team, or excuse me, when that mission team flew into Port-au-Prince, I was the only one not with the mission team. There was a mission aviation flight that they were to take from Port-au-Prince to Port-au-Pay, and there had been a little boy, probably 18 months to two years of age, had been discovered in an abandoned hospital room. This child had a swollen brain, a swollen head, and he had been placed in this abandoned room, left to die. And this child was discovered after he'd been there for several days. Long story short, because I was not on that flight from Port-au-Prince to Port-au-Pay, that child was able to fly on that flight in my place 
to be transported to Port-au-Pay where he could receive some medical care. And who was on that plane? My sister Marilyn, a nurse. All of that was providentially set up by a computer glitch in Birmingham that delayed me 24 hours. So I remember that moment, but that's not the moment. Those are not the moments that made me smile last Monday when I thought of Marilyn. Here's the moment. Marilyn, when we went to Port-au-Pay, Marilyn wanted to connect with doctors in Port-au-Pay because she worked for a company that had medical supplies, medical drugs, medical uh, supplies that could help them save lives. And she was determined to meet with as many different doctors in Port-au-Pay as she possibly could. And our script for that mission team, the itinerary that we had, gave a brief moment for that in one little clinic area, but it was not the opportunity that Marilyn was hoping for. Marilyn knew she had something to offer a hospital in Port-au-Pay, and she knew she had to get there. And so one morning while we were in Port-au-Pay, I was teaching pastors I talked to Haitian pastors all morning. I came back to the hotel to eat lunch after noon, and I was greeted. I was met by two ladies who were overseeing the trip, one of them a dear friend of mine, Mitzi, and they came with concern on their faces. They were, they were concerned because that morning, Marilyn had talked one of our security guards into going with her alone, just Marilyn and this security guard, to go find this hospital and go meet with the hospital administrator so she could say, hey, my company can offer you this, and it can help you greatly, and it can help you save lives. And we, do, we are doing this free of charge. Marilyn did that. She went off script. <laughs> She made a decision, a choice to go off script. And the two ladies, and I understand where they were coming from because I've led trips through the years, and you follow an itinerary, but they were, they were concerned about Marilyn's safety. And they were also concerned that if she was in trouble, if she got in danger by doing what she did, it could potentially put, put our whole team in danger. And again, I understood this, but when they came and shared their concern and they said, we need to pray right now for Marilyn, I was just calm as could be. Immediately, my spirit is like, Marilyn's fine. She's going to be okay. God's going to take care of her. I didn't know she had planned to do this. It was a surprise to me too. But I just said, I looked at them, I smiled and calmly said, she's a big girl. She can take care of herself. God can take care of her. And he did. Marilyn chose to go off script. She heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit. She followed a nudge from God. She knew what could be offered and how it could help. And she was willing to rock the boat a little bit. She was willing to be bold and just do it. And she told me 
in the years after that, how every quarter or month or so, her company was continuing to send supplies down to this hospital in port pay And God alone knows the lives saved through all that. When I thought about that off-script moment of Maryland's that made me smile, here's what I thought. I thought, you know what? Whenever Marilyn went off script, she was just like Jesus. When you and I go off script, when, when God nudges us, when the Spirit pushes and Jesus calls and, and challenges us and convicts us and we take that step of faith, we're being just like Him. We're going off script. If you read the Gospels, I don't know, maybe you're a person of faith, maybe you're not, but I encourage you, check Jesus' life out. You can read Jesus' life in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the Gospels and you will realize Jesus was unconventional. Jesus was a, was a radical. Jesus was a rock the boat. He went off script because you see the Jewish people had a script they followed at that time. And essentially if you grew up as a, a Jewish boy, as Jesus did, you were handed this script and you were expected to follow your lines in your time the way it was determined for you to follow. Jesus his whole ministry, his whole life was off script. Classic example, John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, Jesus and the disciples are south of Samaria, down in the Jerusalem area. They, they're headed north, and they were going to have to go right through Samaria to get from where they were to where they needed to be. And Scripture even says that Jesus says, we're going through Samaria. I have to go through Samaria. Now, what made that interesting is that Samaria was a boycotted region by the Jewish people. As a matter of fact, part of their script says, we don't go through Samaria. And here's why. Whenever Israel and Judah that were captured, ca captured by the Assyrians 700 years prior to that, there were some of the Jewish people that remained, were allowed to remain in, in Israel, in, in Judea, and they intermarried with other, other peoples, other nations. And so they became half-breeds. And the pure-blood Jewish people looked down on the half-breeds. To make matters worse, the, the Samaritans decided not to worship in Jerusalem where God had told the Jewish people to worship. They set up their own place of worship in Samaria. And so we think cancel culture is new now. It's not. The Jewish people had a boycott against going through Samaria. And Jesus just said, fooey on that, I'm going right through Samaria. Jesus boycotted boycotts. I will not support boycotts for that reason right there. I still have coffee at Starbucks. I still shop at Target. I eat at Chick-fil-A. I'm now going to eat Goyo Foods. Jesus boycotted boycotts. He canceled canceled culture. He went off script. Another case where Jesus went off script. When he cleansed the temple, he did it twice. There was a script you were handed the way you were to conduct yourself when you went into the temple. 
Jesus didn't follow that script. He looked at the outer concentric circle of the temple, the, the court of the Gentiles, and he looked at all the money changers and, and sacrifice sellers that had set up tables there. They were making a profit off of pilgrims who were coming to the temple to worship. And Jesus became angry because they had turned the house of prayer, they had turned the temple into a place of business and transaction and making a profit. And he made a whip. And he flipped some tables and ran them out of there. A lot of times people want to point to that as saying, well, even Jesus got angry. But it was an anger motivated by love. He went off script. He always went off script. Who did he call to follow him? Unlearned men. Not rabbis, not Pharisees. He called fishermen, tax collectors. Everyday people like you and me. Jesus went off script when he laid down his life on a cross to die for you and me. Jesus went off script when three days later after he was killed, murdered, he knocked down the door of death. He resurrected. He's alive today. He always went off script. Marilyn did too. And I remembered that moment, and I smiled at that moment, because in that moment, Marilyn was just like Jesus. When I visited Marilyn back last November, one of the questions I asked her as we were visiting, I said, what's your favorite Bible verse? And without hesitation, I was holding the pad for her, I was holding her hand, and she wrote John 3.16. Perhaps the most famous verse in all of the Bible. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's my sister's favorite verse. I know where Marilyn is now because she put her trust in God. She put her trust in For God so loved the world she put her trust in the son that God gave to pay for Marilyn's sins. She repented of those sins. She followed Jesus with her life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, whosoever believeth, whosoever, Marilyn, you, me, whosoever believeth would not perish, but would have eternal life, everlasting life. As I said earlier, Last Monday, Marilyn drew her last earthly breath and immediately drew her first heavenly breath. I hope today's podcast has brought encouragement to you as I have remembered my sister. And I hope you will be ready for the next moment when Jesus whispers to you and you choose to go off script in obedience to how He leads. Until next time.